I always like it when it's a little cozier anyway. <laughs> teachers here at Vipassana Santa Cruz, and we're pleased tonight to have our sometimes annual visit from John Travis, and John is, is down out of the mountains to, or in these mountains, back in these mountains here to teach at Vajrapani for the Spirit Rock annual retreat with Mary Grace Orr and Gil Fronsdale, so he's down, he's in the middle of a retreat, but has come down to to um, teach with us, to spend some time with us tonight. Some of you know John, but many of you may not. And John, uh, John's um, home territory, you might say, is up in the Nevada City and Auburn area, and he has uh, uh, many sanghas up in that area from connecting to Reno and Chico and Davis and a variety of um, different um, communities, but John also teaches at Spirit Rock frequently and other places around the country and the world. And John has has originally started his practice in Tibetan Buddhism in Asia and spent many years in Asia studying with lamas and teachers there and also studying with Theravada teachers and in Burma. And eventually kind of settled down here and um, was authorized, was became part of the Spirit Rock community with Jack Cornfield. So again, we're very pleased to have John here, and um, he's going to give a talk tonight, and there'll be some, some opportunity for a question and answer. So, Thank you, Carla. So, what is all this about? <laughs> you know? Uh, this uh, really, this they, the word is bhavana, which is uh, uh, cultivation, a training, uh, a training of the mind. And so, I'd like to just start uh, by just some defining some terms here that I think are essential in having a, kind of a proper view on some level. And uh, they talk about it as uh, ground, path, and fruit. And uh, first, just this uh, idea of ground, uh, that your ground or your original face or your original nature or your essence or your Buddha nature uh, or what I really prefer to call just your basic goodness, that uh, ultimately uh, what happens is that um, we have this uh, basic goodness and it is uh, our origin. Uh, it is, in a sense, the source that uh, spiritual uh, practice uh, is uh, aiming towards. But it's not something that we have to um, create. It's something that is our nature. Uh, it is who we are. And uh, traditionally, they talk about the second aspect of this, so that's our ground, is really this basic goodness. And that the path itself uh, is our confusion. 
And our confusion is really, there are two aspects to it. One is we could call our disturbing emotions, uh, things that distort uh, our experience in some way and cause us either in the sense of uh, desire, uh, of, of kind of leaning out of what's happening, you know, basically saying whatever is happening is not enough. And then there is that that uh, we kind of uh, uh, don't accept, and we push away or uh, we try to get rid of uh, on some fashion. And that's in the, the disturbing emotions are things that basically are distorting or confusing uh, this ground, uh, this uh, basic nature that we have, and that the path itself is to untangle. Uh, to unpack uh, kind of the confusion and the things that prevent us uh, from uh, seeing clearly and actually having uh, an open heart because ultimately uh, what I see, I mean before I was probably 30 years old I spent two years in retreat and I remember coming out of one of the last retreats in, in the Himalayas, I spent nine years in Asia and I, I was coming out of the mountains and I'd been in a solitary retreat up in this little uh, valley uh, for the summer. I would go up every summer and live in this uh, little canyon. It's quite a, uh, this extraordinary canyon in a place called Kulu Valley. And I lived an hour's walk from town in the little kind of what called Kuti, a little hut there. And you would walk uh, from this village, Manali, you'd walk up and you would, uh, there was a river that came down to this canyon, and then there was a, a two cliff faces that came down, and they had cut, uh, it was about six feet wide, uh, through the rock, uh, a path uh, that led through this canyon. And on the canyon were these huge vultures that were you know, about this tall. Uh, and so you would walk in, it was actually a, a really mystical place that you would walk through to get back to this little canyon. But I would sit there and I would go up and I had a cave that I, I would uh, go up and spend a week or so, as much food as I could carry up there and hang out in the, in the rainy season there. And I remember the last year coming down and going, you know, well, what is all this about? You know, uh, all these years of kind of uh, uh, this efforting uh, to find something. And I realized it was really simple, you know. Uh, all it was was, you know, I wanted to be loved. Uh, I knew I had the capacity to love. And I wanted to help. Yeah. And that was the basis of what was behind, uh, you know, all the kind of storytelling uh, that I had uh, accumulated through, uh, you know, just life. No. having parents and I grew up in Europe and um, just the confusion uh, that each of us carries on some level and our practice is to untangle that to unwrap it, to unpack it you know, and begin uh, this process of uh, owning uh, owning uh, this kind of basic goodness you know what I'm talking about. You know, this is not something that far away from you. And yet I know, you know, 
uh, we go into these trances. We walk around so much of the time caught in these trances. The trances of wanting and the trances of, you know, uh, I was done wrong or, or, you know, or I want this. It's just one thing after another uh, of uh, these veils that prevent us from seeing clearly. But ultimately, what is this about? What is the kind of fruit of, of, of kind of unpacking all that? Uh, and they talk about it as the fruit. And it's really this capacity um, to, in the relative sense, uh, recognize uh, that goodness in us. You know. And to recognize that goodness is actually a moment uh, before we begin constructing. If this makes sense to you. You know, constructing has to do with uh, one of the things when I was a... a I was, uh, what, uh, four and a half years old, and I had been brought up in uh, El Salvador and Guatemala, and, and uh, I, my first language was Kichikali, which is a type of Mayan dialect. And there was a revolution, some kind of stuff happened, and my, my parents, uh, we came back to the States in one of these DC-3s, uh, you know, in the middle of the night from Mexico City with, uh, I don't know if we had suitcases or not, maybe not. And we came back, and one of the things that happened was uh, I stopped speaking. And in that time, I, they, they, uh, I was put at the actual University of Kentucky for uh, being an autistic child. You know, that was a huge uh, dramatic uh, piece for me. But I always say it was my first retreat. You know, <laughs> that lasted, you know, lasted a year uh, before they realized it was, it was really. Uh, something from trauma, not from uh, uh, being autistic. Well, I'm not sure of that, but you know, <laughs> someday. Uh, but uh, in that, uh, one of the things that's made it really possible for me, uh, in the sense of looking at this whole process of waking up, has been looking at how we create. And a lot of how we create has to do with language. And so we're walking around. Uh, and we're constantly, we have this dialogue, you know, the self-talk that's going on, that's naming and labeling and creating our views and our concepts about everything. I mean everything, right? And this whole practice uh, is then a process, this kind of fruition is this process of getting back uh, almost to the pre-verbal in a sense. That uh, we begin this practice by having to uh, really uh, sit and collect ourselves. You know? uh, collecting ourselves. This is simple. This is not, you know, talk about the breath or this, th- that. Forget it. It's just sitting quietly collecting yourself. And that collecting uh, begins to honor the simple. You know? What is the simple? The simple is that human being. You know, uh, we uh, there's a, 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 an experience of the senses that's available all the time, and that experience of the senses, uh, which this practice is directly aiming at, has nothing to do with the past or the future. It has to do when I gave the instructions about just here. It's that simple. It's so simple, it's just here. 
and that we have to actually train ourselves. We have to create, a, we have to cultivate the mind to rest in the here. And that here is prior to uh, this uh, dualistic manufacture of how we're constantly labeling and, uh, in a sense, inventing and creating our worlds on some level. I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just that it is not, it disturbs and is not, we're, we're not able to touch that basic goodness. And then when it becomes strong in any way where we want something to be different than it is, uh, we fall into these trances. No. Uh, and those trances uh, distort uh, that basic goodness. It isolates and creates this construction of, of uh, this dualistic world of uh, myself and you. And so it begins this process of separating everything out. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's just what we do. But from the practice's point of view, what we're doing is we're attempting, we're attempting to, uh, in essence, um, I was going to say put a wedge, but I don't think that's the right word. It's really in more in a sense of softening and relaxing enough. Okay? It's really this capacity to soften and relax enough so that we began to see uh, not the separateness, but the non-separateness. You know? That uh, before language, before I made up myself, before I made up you, there is uh, that that uh, is happening. And it's always happening, and it's only happening now. It can't happen anyplace else. And when uh, we release the mind from its constructing, and we begin to recognize what's here directly, then there is actually, uh, in essence, kind of a luminosity uh, in what's here. No, not a problem. Uh, that's not a problem. It's interesting in the pra- from the practice's point of view, uh, they talk about uh, this mindfulness. And mindfulness is basically uh, the simplicity of uh, the mind connecting uh, with present experience. Right? Now we'd say, well, you know, um, a lot of animals or whatever could be present. And uh, it, which is true, you know. So, what is it about the mindfulness that's so unique to us as human beings? You know. And there's a word in Pali. It's called sampapajana, and it means clear comprehension. And that, along with that mindfulness, uh, is this uh, built into us out from that, in essence, our Buddha nature. You can say. Or uh, uh, our original face, or whatever. That our original self, it, what arises out of that, uh, is this uh, intelligence. Uh, this intelligence, which first of all, uh, it has an understanding of its purpose. So when we actually relax enough, and we begin to let go of the, of the mental constructs of how we think everything is, our views and opinions, 
and uh, you know, uh, some uh, either told to us or made up that somehow if we can uh, release that and, and actually just be simple, just be here, you know, not splitting anything off, but just in its simplicity, that there is this natural intelligence. And this intelligence has certain uh, functions that are quite specific. And the first one, it has clear comprehension of purpose. It understands the nature of awakening. You know, it also understands the price of those trances. Right? So it knows, um, it knows impatience. It knows what suffering is. It knows how it's constructed. So that's built in as as a, a natural understanding. Uh, they say it also has this clear comprehension of uh, adaptability or suitability. And what does that mean? Well, it means that you don't have to think, right? There's an instinctual knowing that will adapt and be suitable because of the pliability of the mind. Uh, the mind is not fixed or holding anything or cr- creating anything uh, in its image or trying to make up anything in its image. It is simply resting. And so in that resting, it knows how to make contact with what's happening. So it actually has, it's adaptable, it's suitable. It knows what to do. You know, that's kind of cool. You can trust that part of yourself when that simplicity is there, that uh, that uh, kind of basic goodness, that uh, non-split, non not two, no. just here. Uh, it also, they say, uh, it has uh, they it's called uh, sampapajama of actually a meditator or bhavana which uh, translates as uh, meditation but uh, also as memory as it it, re- it can remember where it is what it's doing so it you don't have to do anything uh, it will actually know what to do in the next moment not only can it adapt it also um, uh, remembers itself kind of cool And the fourth of it, they say that it has clear comprehension of reality. Now, that's a big thing. What is that? You know, what is reality? Okay. And again, I have to take, you know, I've been in this for 42 years, so I have a pretty kind of Buddhist stance, so pardon the uh, kind of mono uh, view here in some ways. But there are two aspects to it. One is that because of reality is that when we are simply resting, uh, relaxed in our nature, and we're open to kind of the luminous world that's the here, uh, that when the mind begins to conceive uh, in the seeing, what you see, you see me here, uh, you know, um, what is this? You know, is this something that uh, the mind simply wants to take and make it safe? So you want to make me safe in your mind. 
This is what your mind does. You know? So it take it, and it concretizes what it sees. You know, to identify it, to know if it's safe or not safe, and all this, the complexity of part of the survival mechanism. Okay, but what is it from this just here point of view? What is that? What's that like? No. What does it see? Oh, this is just a mass, a phenomena that's actually just flux, movement. This is a river of experience uh, that's a momentary. It's like you're out in the water and you're just moving. You know, there's nothing stable. It's just moving. What's here is just moving. It has no substantial reality. It is empty of any substantial reality. Uh oh. (laughs) Reality. Now that's true. Okay, there is no substance here that is something. Okay? It's just this fluidity of moment that's happening. Okay, and an, an identity that happens within that fluidity. Okay, so but there's a second aspect to it, and that second aspect is there is no separateness here. No, uh, there's no substantial reality, but there's no separateness. It is empty, and it is also you can't change what's here. Now you, I can't. I, I'm, I, can I grab a molecule and run out of the room with it? <laughs> I won't get away with it. It'll just go out the room with me. And if you try to take one, it'll go with you. This is the reality of non-separateness. I made up the separateness. You, me. That was part of the manufacture of the mind. No, not the reality. So the reality says, first of all, it's unsubstantial, and second of all, you can't take anything out of it. You know, so uh, you and I, uh, we're the same. I could be free. You know, completely free. No obscuration whatsoever. But uh, from the emptiness point of view, yes, clarity. But from the unity point of view, we're all in this together. No. And we're all working on it. You know? We're trying to figure out, first of all, uh, that uh, this clarity of purpose, that there is some basis to the truth of freedom. You know? That, fru- that freedom is uh, this is not something that the Buddha, you know, discovered 2,500 years ago. Maybe it was sort of like rediscovering fire, but the fire was there. The fire is here. No. And uh, it's not very far away. It's very close at hand. Because there's no separateness between... Uh, any of this, you know, 
And you and I are the same. And if you get confused, or if I get confused, uh, uh, we act in ways that uh, uh, disturb each other. No. So we cause harm, you know. And uh, because there's harm, uh, the Dalai Lama said, "Living is just harming others." You know why? Because of all the concepts and views, and my way and your way and the way and so way and all these ways. You know, they bounce off each other, sometimes not so happily. So what's the response, the natural response, if we're all from that unity mind, then there's only a single response, is there's some kind of empathy. You know, you and I are the same. You know, I care for you. You care for me from that place. You know, that's kind of cool. That's everywhere you go. That's pretty powerful. You know, uh, it is the fruition of the spiritual life. You know, uh, one is not to get caught, and that's really this emptiness, this ability to see uh, that uh, you have the power to let go. And I care for you. And you care for me. Uh, that's all. This is the whole practice. No. And we're all going to work this area of path, this thing around confusion. I heard a, a recent translation of um, the word dukkha, which uh, translates as confusion or suffering in, in Buddhism. And uh, I like this uh, translation. It, it, it said... Uh, do was im and ka was patience impatience <laughs> do you know this one? <laughs> no impatience you know all the stuff that happens out of impatience phenomenal you know and so uh, it's also not seen clearly you know uh, I, 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 one of my teachers in India, the la I spent a year in India, year before last, and, and uh, studying and retreating. And uh, one of my teachers was emphatic about this word boredom. You know, and being a retreat teacher, that's my main uh, gig, I guess you could call it. <laughs> uh, um, is this word comes up again and again? Watch my breath. Boring. You know, and you know. Where's the stimulation? Come on, I need some something, you know? And what he was saying was so profound, you know? And he said, boredom was the doorway to peace. Boredom was the doorway to peace. And when you think about boredom, and, and I have now three grandkids, and I was thinking, oh, cool, yeah. But I know, you know, one of the things is what a parent try to do. You Well, they get bored, and you all you have to do is give them something, and you can watch in one moment 
You know, as soon as the interest is there. And uh, what is said about boredom is that we're not looking close enough. You know, kind of like what is impatience. You know. This practice, the sitting practice, one of the fundamental teachings is about patience. And another one is about boredom. You know, that it's actually a doorway to peace. Because we always, we want it fixed. We want something to be there. You know, and we have society that is just, and uh, I think in the whole culture, that this is one of the things, the impatience and uh, the ability not to hang, you know, not to feel what it feels like just to be. You know, we have to fill it with something because of the boredom or the impatience. You know. So I'm teaching some very unpopular things here. <laughs> But important. So, probably that's that's good. Um, so maybe I can do a few questions. You know, um, please. What's your name? Just so Christina. I can. Christina. Yes. Hi. Hi there. Um, would boredom, 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 and impatience mask uneasiness and discomfort? There, the yes, those things. Then that's what happens, right? Yeah. You get restless and you get, you know, antsy and, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens. And maybe fear on the bottom. Fear is under all of it. <laughs> We're afraid of emptiness. We're afraid of connectedness. You know, we isolate many times or move away or push away mm -hmm. funny creatures please your name Henry. <coughs> hi Henry hi. Um, this is kind of a Technical question about your topic at the beginning. You mentioned um, three things, and what was the middle one was path. Yes. And what was this, the last one? Fruit. The fruit. Okay. Fruit, which is really that which I was talking about at the end, in the sense of the emptiness and the connectedness. Yeah. You're welcome. My name is Michelle. Hi. Hi there. Would you talk a little bit about, I don't know if you're um, currently married, but you talked about having grandchildren. Yes. So um, so working with others and knowing that our nature is to be, <coughs> one, well, our nature is to fight the, the oneness that we already are with the mind. Because of the mind yes, we okay. fight the, that part. So working with that and working with your grandchildren, like how... I was just thinking about like how to like the here like in our relationships they're 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 there they're present like you're not going to abandon your grandchildren kind of thing like how do you work with seeing them as the ever changing river for lack of a better because like you were talking about the river you know uh, there's this thing about uh, allowing them 
to feel, you know. So sometimes, you know, they're going to be happy and sometimes they're not going to be happy and not trying to fix them, you know, but not trying to, you know, I, I was thinking this whole thing of the, the impatience or trying to, uh, you know, buy more toys for the boredom or this sort of thing. And that's as much as I know, you know, is somehow, uh, you know, not feeding the beast, you know, and you all know what the beast is, you know, but it also means that uh, you have to allow them to feel the discomfort. You know, a lot of times as a parent, one of the things was, you know, I always uh, wanted to, some. I didn't want them to suffer, you know, and so we want to protect them from suffering. And at the same time, how did we grow? You know, so it's a very tricky thing because it's about love and our capacity to also um, uh, tolerate sometimes suffering in others. You know, how do you tolerate that? Sometimes, and I wasn't really good because I was—I didn't have the greatest boundaries, and you know, I was the nice parent. And, uh, that's a hard job. You know, I still, and, and it's funny because I still am critical, and my kids don't think that at all. You know, so, you know, who knows? And they all have their own, you know, they're their own persons. You know, we do the best we can. There's no manual. You know, you're welcome. Please, Rhina. Hi. When you get to the part where it's like you're in the river and, you, and now you've moved beyond, you know, the constructing line, you, you said there was purpose. Yes. Is it? I was wondering if you would explain more what that is. Okay, that purpose, uh, it, it, it's actually, this is the clear comprehension. So there is a um, an innate knowing in you uh, about this maybe this basic goodness. Uh, this why is there uh, you know kind of uh, the arch- archetypal like this next month I'm going to I'm, I'm supposed to be anyway on my way to Nepal and then to Tibet to do this circumambulation of the Kailash of the Holy Mountain and. Um, we know something that the mountain, that, that, that somehow in all uh, mythologies, uh, it represents, uh, it could be the pinnacle of knowledge, but also uh, the pinnacle that is a road that leads to freedom. You know, and that we all, it's somewhere inside of us, uh, when we recognize confusion, we recognize that there's freedom. And so, uh, whatever that may, however that's interpreted, that could be heaven or whatever, but it's still something very basic to us. So, the purpose is also a oneness. The purpose is towards the oneness. It's not like, like, it's hard to talk about it because you have to have a sense of I, correct? Well, try. If we're all, you know, so. In other words, the purpose then is the same for each each of us at that point. Because we're in the oneness. Let's put it this way. Um, we all have an instinct for freedom. 
that's probably better. And that's the purpose. The purpose is the instinct, you know, that you have built into you. All we have an instinct towards freedom. And you know, there's more confusion that's there. The more it's more difficult to recognize. But when there's some clarity there, it seems that that's what human beings recognize: is that they actually have power, and they can train, discipline their minds not to be get caught in the disturbed emotions, but actually to free themselves from that and find uh, something that is actually. Um, uh, you know, kind of the, the greatness of us on some level. You know. uh, and I, I think that Buddha nature, that's what it represents, you know, that that's, that's available. He, he was a great uh, inspiration, the possibility for that. Thank you. Please. I'm Steve. Hi, Steve. And I'm new at this. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm learning about tolerating guys zooming around in the car. <laughs> and, you know, I, it, this resistance to uh, in my, you know, the things that I judge right. as, as um, well, whatever you want to call the judgment. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the superiority of the spiritual path and, and he's not. He just hot rod. Yeah. Um, we have to be careful, you know, um, because the path itself is based on this capacity. Uh, in a way, it's to hold all things equal, and ultimately, this is about being very ordinary. You know, it's not about being something special. It's actually being very ordinary. And so with that ordinariness, there's also a tolerance uh, that, um, you know, uh, allows the world to wake up in its own time, right? That with enough kindness and that we do our own work, and this is just where I sit, I work hard enough on myself and I change myself and I help change others. Uh, It's as much as I can do. Uh, I don't need to try to, you know, when someone's ready in, in this practice, one of my, my teachers used to say, you know, we, we don't proselytize. What we do is uh, uh, we wait until someone is ready to hear. And if they come and they ask, you know, then you can talk about it. But otherwise, you know, just be kind. You know, and try to be patient with, you know, with... Uh, confusion. You know. It's the best answer I can give. You know. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, India has been great for me in train stations. <laughs> Just, you know, uh, I mean, I have been through some crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, I think at Howard Station in Calcutta, you know, and, and uh, Calcutta. Um, wow. I mean, crazy. You know, and I think if anything, uh, years and years in that country taught me, uh, you know, maybe taught me to tune out a lot of things too. <laughs> you know, uh, so the sensitivity is a little questionable, but <laughs> um, 
but also being able to hold the world, you know, with that sense of uh, 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 kind of balance and kindness, you know. It's okay the way it is, you know, including the hot rodders and, you know, all sorts of craziness out there. I've been pretty crazy, <coughs> so, you know, I can, I don't have a problem with it. Please. Hi, I'm Christian. Yeah. Hi, Christian. Some of these people here are farmers, and it would be great if you talk about uh, working with the land and the plant. It would be great to. Okay, so the question is about. Uh, Yeah, being informed. Well, it's really being, in, uh, yeah, I can't, Christian, just in the sense of um, how much we have to learn. You know, in the sense, uh, and now I just go to the word patience and how much land really has that capacity to uh, bring us back into balance so we can uh, kind of see clearly. Uh, I think very much working with the land. I think also, uh, uh, you know, Carlos going off on a, a retreat into kind of the wilderness, uh, where um, we are nature, you know, and that w- that can be reflected back to us. And I think working with the, working with our hands, our capacity to um, what be simple, you know, and. Uh, the world. This is a mysterious place we live in. I think we forget, you know, and the simplicity of watching. Uh, I had to leave my garden uh, a couple days ago, and I won't. I'm off. Yeah, I'm going to retreat up. I, I'm going to come next week. By the way, I've decided. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but Mary Aspen said that I'm going to do that. I'm in retreat, self retreat up at Vajrapani, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll come next week, next Thursday. Uh, and babble a little more. <laughs> and um, but there's this whole process, you know, of um, uh, that we have that this is a mysterious place, and that we have to somehow touch that. And I know in my garden, leaving all the tomatoes and everything, all sort of ripe. And, and now I'm, I won't be back till November the fifteenth or something. You know. <laughs> well, it's all right, you know. I'm a gypsy. It's okay, you know. But Again, it's so mysterious. You put a seed in the ground, and it miraculously, you know, uh, goes through this process. You know, how how fantastic is this place? You know, and it's every place. All we have to do is stop. You know, and uh, wait. That's all we have to do, you know. So, nice place, you know, this humanness. Please. My name's Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hi. I have two questions. Okay. um, If it's so simple... Why are there volumes and volumes and volumes? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that it's written, and I'm always attracted to them too. It seems as if 
I think I get it, and then I forget it. But there's just books and books, and, and from 2,500 years ago to now. So I'm just curious of why do you think that's so important. And the other question is, you mentioned about what we have as our true essence, and I often think about when I think about that, I go back to when I was a baby before I was conditioned. And so I, I was wondering what you feel as far as all of us have so many different personalities conditioned. I wonder if we all weren't conditioned and we all went back to our essence, would we all be the same? We'd all be kind, I think. But I was wondering if there are different essences in our essence. Okay. <laughs> Just a very simple question. <laughs> I like simple questions, right? Um, okay, first of all, books. <laughs> now, one of the greatest things uh, my teacher in the first couple of years there told me not to read. You know, he said, just keep your mind in your body. You know, be aware of your experience. Watch when you get upset. Watch when you want things. How does your mind work with that? Are you causing yourself or someone else suffering? Do you know where your freedom is? This is enough. Okay? They're there. They point. These books are pointing. And they give you some methodology, which I think it can be helpful and fun. But... that doesn't necessarily um, make the answer. You can read all you want. If you don't, watch during the day how you act and move. You know. uh, I hope someday then you'll stop and see how crazy it all is. You know. So, inspiration, good. Any more than that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you have to do the practice. And if you do the practice for some years, then you can turn around and read the books and they all make sense. <laughs> okay? Right down to the most esoteric. Okay. Now, the question about uh, kind of that essence and, and, and uh, what is it? Uh, do, are we all the same? No. Uh, we are incredibly unique. You know, there's never been anybody made like you ever before. Is that cool? <laughs> you know, of all the possibilities that have ever happened, the mathematical impossibility for you to appear is phenomenal. Now, from again, I'm going to go from my understanding, okay, and my training. And my training says there's a subtle mind stream. And that subtle mind stream that somebody before me did a bunch of things that allowed me to be here. Uh, and I have now added a bunch of things to that. So I'm doing something for somebody I don't know in the future. You know? So somebody passed something on to me. I'm working with it. And good and bad. I am so fortunate, whoever they were. You know, uh, they truly uh, have blessed my life. Uh, I hope to do that for someone else. You know, and, and in that way, 
each each essence is a hundred percent unique. You know, it's like seeing a baby in that first twenty four hours. I think they're these ancient things, you know, that disappear into the stuff, you know, and uh, kind of, you know, that's that's what happens. But um, that's pretty mysterious, you know. Birth and death. I I I think you know everybody's tried to explain it. No dice. You know, it's got to be part of this mystery, you know. And and for you to be able to see that, like in the plants and in in uh, 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 you know sometimes looking at concrete. I know you know everybody got yum 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 yum, but actually you know it's all different. There's all sorts of patterns from our mind to what it is. It's happening all the time. Uh, this place, you know, this possibility uh, of, uh, you know, this is a downhill trip, or you're going downstream and you're going to hit the waterfall. Nobody's gotten out of this alive yet, so guess what? You all have the same predicament. We're all in the same boat, okay? And because we're in the same boat, can we remember that and start acting that way? And that we're actually our acts, you know, we are the product uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the acts of the past. And we are also going to be the products of the acts that are happening now. So, big deal. So, uh, I'm not sure what, how long or what time... What's time? What's time? <laughs> Is this about time? Yes. How about that? <laughs> so I want to do just a couple moments of uh, this. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have to do this practice if you all could just uh, just be here because we would be connected. There'd be no problem. Okay, but because there's still the confusion somewhat, and we will we're working with that confusion. Uh, we mimic uh, really this higher state, you know, where we are that essence, and that's the metta practice, this loving kindness practice. Uh, that it is natural to us, you know, we are naturally that. So, just taking a moment to uh, just settle in, settle into your body. Just to breathe, breathe into the heart. And just explore uh, from the mind into the body heart this word kindness. How you wish yourself this kindness. This practice of uh, this mind uh, ultimately to become a servant of the heart. Uh, We can extend this message of may I be happy may I be peaceful may I be healthy 
may I be free from any inner or outer harm. May I have ease, ease of being. May I be free. And just allowing that, uh, this awareness of uh, mind into the heart to move throughout your whole body, waking up. Uh, this whole sense field. And because of the mind, it can extend beyond the sense field of the body and fill this room. In front, behind, to each side. They say above and below, in all directions. Like a stone hitting a clear forest pool, rippling out in all directions. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be healthy. May you be free from any inner or outer harm. May you have ease of being. May you be free. And for the guy in his car racing around. No. And for all beings confused and those not confused. Those happy and those unhappy. Those in health and those in sickness. Uh, Beings known to us and unknown to us. Being seen and unseen. Sentient beings, beings of all kinds. Uh, we wish them uh, this, the great wish. You know. And that we do this practice ultimately so that we can awaken, so we may benefit others. And that whatever merit or power or energy that is accumulated uh, through our Uh, moments of wakefulness and our intention here uh, that we willingly share it with beings everywhere so that beings everywhere may awaken and be in harmony with the earth and the air and the sun and the moon and with each other and the creatures and the plants uh, so that we can all live in peace Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.